I've worked very hard to get to where I am with my relationship with my body. Mm -hmm. And I know that there are a lot of people struggling. And I think I was ready to have the conversation but also you know i i have this quote your body is the least interesting thing about you but my body is the thing that interests people the most Mm. what's up everybody this is Alyssa amoroso aka publicity who is ready to spill some tea because this is Tea with Publicity. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Tea with Publicity. I hope you're doing great. I hope that everything is going well because I am. My family just left and I have so much to catch you guys up on. This episode, I think, was potentially my well it was definitely my favorite episode of the year if not top five of all time because I just really feel like my guest Alicia McCarville who you may know from TikTok really just had such an amazing perspective and I gave her this compliment you'll hear it on air but I just felt like she was so emotionally intelligent and she almost like felt like a therapist to me and and she's not but I just thought that Um, Her wisdom really showed and she was such an eloquent talker and I just really enjoyed the conversation and the information that she had to share. It's all about body image, confidence, being proud of yourself, feeling like you're worthy. I think anyone, no matter what type of body you reside in, whether that's big or small or medium or this or that, could really relate to this episode um, because there's just so many good tidbits of information in there. And um, before I get into that interview, let me just break down what's going to be going on here today for you. First of all, as you guys know, this episode and every other episode is sponsored by Macy's. If you're watching this on YouTube or Spotify, you see that I am sitting in my Macy's chairs and someone DM'd me asking, are they comfortable now that you slept in them? Let me know. Um, So like I mentioned, my parents were here this weekend as well as my sister. So I gave my parents my bed because I'm a good daughter like that. And me and my sister slept up here in the podcast studio and these chairs pull out into twin size beds. And let me just tell you, they were so comfortable. I'm not just saying that. I'm not trying to sell you these chairs. I don't really care if you buy these chairs or not. Just for those wondering, holy hell, I think they're comfortable because the the mattress is like a memory foam and not a mattress with springs. I slept like a rock, genuinely. And um, Macy's does have a VIP sale that arrived just in time to get everything you need to refresh your wardrobe and your space for spring. So from March 24th to April 2nd, you can get an extra 30% off regular sale and clearance items, plus 15% off beauty. That's an extra 30% off pretty much everything from clothing, shoes, and handbags to home decor and appliances. So some of the stuff that I linked in my apartment tour is likely on sale. So I'll remind you guys on my Instagram stories, but just a heads up and all you have to do is check out Macy's.com. Some exclusions apply. So just see Macy's.com for details. But yes, happy to report that they are extremely comfortable. And um, like I said, with my parents and my sister here, I'm tired. Like, first of all, I think I'm really tired right now because my blood sugar is dropping because I'm so hungry. Um, but I have to record this. So I'm just going to eat after. Don't worry about that. But I, um, so much was going on in the press. So much was going on in my life. We're going to, I'm going to catch you guys up on my personal life. Then I'm going to do the amazing interview, which is 50 incredible minutes with Alicia. Again, if you don't know her, please listen. Like, please, you will take something from this interview, then we will spill the tea because there is so much going on in pop culture, literally so much. Um, And I should mention before I get into my personal life that I brought back a series that I started in like 2018, 2019. I used to do, I think it was 2018. I used to do these little daily um, tea updates on my Instagram stories. And they were written newsletters about pop culture, giving you guys updates. And as TikTok became big and video became big, I started just doing it verbally by video. And I left the idea behind. And it wasn't until this week where I was like, 
I'm bringing that back. Like that was so fun. I love doing it. I love writing. You guys really enjoyed it. So the Tea with Publicity updates are back on my Instagram stories every weekday, Monday through Friday, right in the morning. If you're big on pop culture, if you're not big, but you like to be in the know, everything that you need to know is in this little newsletter for you. So you go, you read it, you're up to date, you're abreast on the situation. I don't know why. I just felt the need to use that word and then also emphasize the word that way. But I think it's great. So I'm really excited to be bringing that back for you guys. I'm also working on some merch. I feel like, I don't know if it's like my coming out of my Saturn return or what, but I've had some really big like entrepreneurial energy lately, feeling really inspired. I feel like it's every other day now that I have a business idea pop to mind and I don't know what's going on, but I'm just trying to go with all of them and pour myself into everything and behind the scenes, like we're working hard over here um, at the publicity team. We're just, we're getting stuff going. So tour, merch, products, this, that. It's all going to be coming. I'm just feeling back on track with the podcast. I'm feeling energized, although I'm tired right now, but I really am feeling energized about work and everything. So I'm really excited about that. Um, Like I said, my parents were here. They were here Thursday through Monday. It was a lot of days. We did so much stuff. I've been posting mini vlogs to my reels and my TikTok. So you guys can go there to kind of see what we did um, in detail. If you want to follow any of them as itineraries for when you come to LA, I talk about where we went, the restaurants that we went. I give ratings, reviews of food, etc. So um, a lot of you ask me, where do I go? What do I do in LA? You could literally just go look at my videos and I have it all planned for you. Um, other than that, I have my best friend Chelsea coming to town this week, then Chelsea leaves, then the next day or the same day Kate comes to town. So then Kate's here. Like I am telling you, it is go, 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 go. Then I go home to New Jersey for two weeks because I have Callan's um, birthday and Easter. Then I come back to LA and then I'm back to the East Coast for Macy. So like I'm busy. I'm booked and busy, but I'm happy and healthy. And that's all that really matters. I realized I didn't get into dating like I said I would. And actually something Alicia said really impacted me to get back out there. So after this, while I'm eating, I will swipe on Hinge and Bubble. And hopefully by this time next week, I will have a date to update you guys on. Okay, let's get into the interview with Alicia. Stick around to the end because we are talking pop culture and holy shit, there is so much, so much, so much going on. I watched Love is Blind. I have thoughts on Summer House. I I just, there's a lot. Stay tuned and um, here's the interview and we'll spill the tea soon. Okay, guys, I am here with Alicia McCarvel. Welcome to Tea with Publicity. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Thanks for coming. I... I'm so happy we made this work. I needed to hunt you down. <laughs> <laughs> it's been it's been nice. Like I've done more in this month being here than like an entire year from home. Like wow. meeting people and getting to actually do in li- like things blew up for me in the pandemic. So everything mm-hmm. that I did, including like speeches and things, were all done virtually and not actually in the presence of people. And I'm an extroverted extrovert, so like I need to physically like hug people, <laughs> hug people, and be in spaces with humans. So yeah, so so nice. I totally get that, and I feel like for me at least, I've been doing this kind of like off and on for a bit. But connecting with people, especially recording in person, I feel like you get to know people so much more. You know, you could read yeah. their energy and their vibe. Yeah, I just I just love humans. So like being with people is just fills my cup. So. That's so nice. Like what. What about you would people be surprised to know? Like you're, you said you're an extroverted extrovert. Extrovert. Yeah. So I'm the opposite. I'm an introverted extrovert. So I'm an extroverted extrovert and then my husband's an introverted introvert. Like there's no, (laughs) there's no, and we kind of find a way to like meet in the middle. Um, I think people will be surprised to find out that I'm really awkward like Mm. meeting new people. Like I think I give off the vibes that I'm the person that can ask a stranger a question or like I have no filter, but I definitely, I come off way more extroverted than I feel like I am in certain situations. Mm, like you're panicking a little more. I'm just like awkward. I'm just awkward. (laughs) Social interactions, like genuinely I get 
significant anxiety. Like he teases me all the time because we'll be, my husband teases me all the time because <laughs> we'll be in certain places and we'll see people we know. And I'm just like avoiding them like the plague because mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't want to have that awkward conversation. Like what am I going to say? Which I know that's not how I come off online, but that's definitely where I live. And you don't come off that way in person either. It must be an internal dialogue. Definitely an internal dialogue. And then I think the fun part for work is like, I think it's more so like the inhuman experiences. Like the other day he was like, go ask for directions. I was like, I can't ask for directions. (laughs) I don't know how to talk to people. (laughs) But like, if it's someone that like within this world, it's not so awkward. I'm like, you go ask for directions. I'm too awkward. I don't know what to say. It's so funny because the one kind of anxiety I've never dealt with and I've dealt with all the other types is social anxiety. Like I've seen TikToks of people being like, when you're all too scared to like pick up the phone at the restaurant and like, call to change the reservation in my head like that stuff I'm like I don't care this person doesn't know who I am but for some people it's like they're better in person but then when they have to do something on the phone they're like more uncomfortable yeah like the door has to be closed when I'm on the phone like (laughs) nobody can be around but I feel like I'm getting much better like I feel like I'm obviously I'm forced to like get much better in those situations if I can book a reservation online and then call once my reservation is booked it's not so bad but we were I just went to an event last night for Smash and Tess Mm. and the collab between Ashley Simpson and and Smash and Oh Tess. yeah, I, I saw was, people yeah. there. Um, and I wasn't on the list at the door. No. And I'm, I'm texting Ashley. So like Ashley from Smash and Test. So I know I'm supposed to be there. But that's like, a, that is my social anxiety. Like I'm going to get to a place. I'm supposed to be there. And then I don't know how to be the person that be, that is like, I'm on the list. I'm on the list. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm the type of person that's like, oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> and then Wait, I just leave. Okay, that I do have anxiety. Yeah. About. I always have this fear, like this is psycho. I always have this fear that I'm not on the list where like my paperwork didn't go through. Like when you get accepted into college and you show up for orientation and they're like, you didn't get it. It's just like, reje- it's rejection. It's like that feeling that of, re- I think so. It's that feeling of rejection where like, even like bars at home and I have great relationships with some places that we love to go. And every I've been going there for over the last two years, like off. And I still, every time we go, I'm like, what if the, the door person doesn't recognize me or what if? The- That's <laughs> just, me. I don't know it's what it so is. It's so crazy. No, I get that. I totally get that. It's so, it's so funny here in LA because like I took my parents, they were just here this weekend and we went to Craig's and I said to them, I'm like, you have to know that paparazzi stands outside with cameras. And they're my dad could not wrap his head around it. He's yeah. like, I don't get it. Like, how do they know who everyone is? Like, this is so weird. I can't believe they actually stand out there. And like, sure enough, we're waiting for our Uber and all of a sudden they're like, like snapping away at someone who I honestly had no idea who yeah. the person was. And my parents could not get over like the whole spectacle of it it's all. It's a whole different world here it's crazy like it is just like getting to like meeting people is one mm-hmm. thing but like understanding that there's a business side to it too and like we were talking about this last night and we kind of gauge things like scott and i in interactions and transactions mm. so like who am i meeting that's an interaction and who am i meeting that's a transaction and that's kind of helped me separate because i'm also a very like all in type of person. Me I too. love people. I w- and I meet you once and I want that to be like mm-hmm. memorable and I want you to remember me forever, even though I'm not capable of remembering everyone, but like <laughs> yeah. I just want to be memorable. So that's how I've kind of had to break it down. Like being here and being in spaces is like, is it a transaction? Is it an interaction? Like the both are okay, but like just not holding on to certain things when meeting certain people. Like I, think I, I met Ashley Simpson last night. Like she has no idea who I am. Like well, now, never know. today, yeah. I don't think. <laughs> but either way, it was just a, like a cool moment to like get to be in that space. But it's very like, we're like looking, both of us were like looking around and like, I was like, what is happening right I was now? Gonna Why say, are we in this space? Could you believe this is your life? I, I have literally no idea what I'm doing, but it has been so cool. Like, it's just outrageous. The things that I've been able to do, one, like the experiences that I've been able to create, but the people that I've been able to meet, the friendships that I've made, like Mm -hmm. bringing my entire family to Disneyland, like, please, like how could you ever fathom Mm -hmm. that being something that you're capable of doing? I cry far too often just thinking about it. But that's beautiful. It's incredible. Gratitude. We're just very, I'm very grateful that I get to be myself mm-hmm. and do what I 
enjoy doing every single day and like you, yeah. you dream about it and it doesn't mean it's not hard it doesn't mean there's not tough days but like you always hope that one day you'll find something that you love so much that you can just show up no matter what mm. and people just accept you and love you and support you and I'm just so grateful that that's the space that we've created and mm-hmm. I can go to the grocery store in sweatpants and pimple patches and people are still excited to see me and I don't have to like live up to this like facade yes. or like an unrealistic yeah, standard or be anything and let, that stuff's fun it's fun to get your makeup done it's fun but I also like to show that that's like not the majority of my life 100%. all of the time so yeah it's a very cool and we're super grateful so I know feeling grateful do you ever feel like do you ever take a chance to feel proud of yourself <laughs> I think Disney made me proud that was a very proud moment for me. Yep. Um, like my siblings and I had never been to Disneyland or Disney World. So like getting to bring them is one mm-hmm. thing, but then getting to see it through my nephew's eyes and just like realizing that this space that we've created has allowed us to create really cool experiences for people. I think that that's when both of us, Scott and I feel the most proud is when we get emotional, we took our friends to a country concert last year and got these really cool executive VIP tickets and we had no idea what it was going to look like. It was the first time it had ever run, but we get there with like six of our closest friends from like high school that have been with us for a very long time. And we're like, we'll do it. It'll be like a thank you for like supporting us. And we get there and our tickets were literally like me to you to the stage. And we just were like, we're amazed that we're there and then we watch our friends in that space and get to have that experience and like it was Blake Shelton and Gwen Stefani showed up and like we were like one of our best friends was throwing her phone on the stage Jordan Davis took like a um video with her phone Blake took a video with her phone um it was just like a really cool experience so I think those are the moments that we realized that like we're able to do what we do, but we're also able to like give back to the people that have been there with us for like a very long time and just have supported us yeah. through our entire life. And yeah, it's those are the moments that I think I get to feel the proudest is just That's when really other nice. people get to experience things because of what we do every day. It's so true because sometimes I feel like even for myself, I'm so go, 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 go that I don't take a second and I finally got this podcast studio built and it took me a long time. And I did a podcast last week with my first time in the studio and I called my mom after and I was like, I'm really proud of myself. And she was like, that's so nice. And I just had a moment of being like, you know, there was no one to pat me on the back because I did it alone. And I was like patting myself kind of just being, and I was thinking like, why don't I feel proud of myself more? Like, why don't we acknowledge our achievements more? I think that that stems from and this is personal experience when people are proud of themselves sometimes people perceive that as like a cockiness and an arrogance and a you know like I think I do and I acknowledge that I live in a very privileged space and being able to take my family to Disneyland is a privilege but I've worked hard for that Mm -hmm. like that's not just something that just happened I've worked hard for that but you I I think too that there's like a time and a place to like have those conversations and understand but I also am the type of person that's like I've worked very hard Mm -hmm. and I think I think it also stems for women more than it does with men when it comes to being proud Mm -hmm. and being um like loud about how proud they are about who they are but I think that if I'm loud or like proud about something that it makes people uncomfortable then it's it, that's on them to kind of internalize mm-hmm, that and mm-hmm. and realize that like everybody should be proud and like it doesn't really matter how big or small or what that looks like proud like some days I'm proud to get up like and go about my day after a tough day and like I'm proud of myself for getting out and moving my body and not being hard on mm-hmm. it like there's so many ways to find that like pride throughout your day that I agree I don't I think we just are afraid of the repercussions of that Mm -hmm. being loud with how proud we are but yeah yeah Yeah, that's a really interesting perspective I totally feel that way I I notice a lot especially recently because I did do this move that I notice a lot coming up in my Q&A's of people being like how do you afford your life and I really have to stop myself from getting like 
blah, 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 like F you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I get super defensive because I always think, would someone ask, I'm 32, would someone ask a 32-year-old man this? Honestly, yeah. how if a 32 year old man, I would expect that he has a place, has a car, yeah. he's done well in his career. And it's kind of like you're able to do these things and treat your family to these things. And it's like, would someone ask that if you were like a man working in corporate? Yeah. Or like a father bringing their family or like it just, yeah, 100%. I think too, again, it's a, a, women things specifically especially and I think it's also hard to envision how I make my money mm. and how you make your money in untraditional ways because traditional nine to fives like the majority of people who are working nine to fives are not making enough money they're not like mm -hmm. they're not they're not being paid enough for the jobs that they're doing whether that means you're working in a fast food restaurant or you're a woman in an executive position neither of you are getting paid enough for what yeah. you're doing on a regular basis. So I think it's kind of hard when you, again, coming into the space and being a content creator, I, I have to try to abstract, explain to people what I do because all you see is the front of what I do. You don't see the fact that yeah. I'm in brand, brand meetings with brands, helping them come up with what their concepts are going to be. I'm creating, I'm editing, I'm doing all these things. If I told you that I was a marketing director, you'd be like, Oh cool. If mm -hmm. I told you I was an editor, you'd be like, Oh cool. But I'm doing all of those things, but what you get to see is the finished product with mm. the hashtag ad on it. So like you don't get to see the fact that I'm doing more behind the scenes. Yeah. So when people look at that, they're thinking, oh, you're making your money, but like how do you afford all of those things? And it's like, well, I'm doing lots of jobs that you're just yeah. not seeing me do on a regular basis. It's like you're wearing 10 hats, yeah. not one. A lot. Not doing one. More hats than I've ever worn in my entire life. It's, yeah. it's so crazy because we kind of just like jumped into things because you're so easy to talk to. But- I want to talk about like how you even got here because I think it's so powerful. I remember seeing the video of you guys. Um, I want to say you were getting like reproposed with the new ring. Or yes. something. That yes. was like the most amazing touching video because you two have been together for how long now? 16 years. 16, 16 years. years. Yeah. So what age did you get together at? We're 33. So 16. But we've known each other since we were 15. Grade 10. It's half of your life. Literally half of our life. We were talking about this the other day because my we have a cool relationship with my siblings because my little brother is 25. Oof, is he? How old am I? 26. And we've been together for 16 years, which means that Scott's been in my brother's life since my brother was 10 years old. Oh, and like, so that's a really cool thing, like that the relationship that they have. But yeah, it's uh, we've been together for a long time. And the proposal video was like actual proposal. We never got proposed originally. When we got married, we were like laying in bed one day and I was like, are you going to ask me to marry you or not? Like, are we going to get married or not? And he was like, well, do you want a ring or do you want to get married? And I was like, I'm not done. Mm -hmm. I want to get married. So we, I, we were laying in bed in this tiny apartment. We were paying $650 for this apartment, everything included. But when I say like tiny, like, I mean, there wasn't much room for other than just our bed in the space. We had like a tiny little dining room. Like uh, it was a little space. I'm calling my parents being like, Scott and I are going to get married. My mom was like, okay. Like just, we, we had been together for 10 years at this point almost 10 years at this point. And then I was like, can you put dad on the phone? And my dad's like, hello. And I was like, we're going to get married, but we want to get married in the backyard. Like my parents' backyard. He was like, okay, bye. And click. And the very next day, <laughs> okay, <bye. laughs> the very next day, there's a delivery of rock to my parents' house so that he could redo the whole backyard so that we could get married in it. And then we got married in eight weeks. I think wow. we planned the wedding and got married in like eight weeks the total wedding cost was like $4,500, like hair, makeup, everything included. We got married in my parents' backyard and we walked down to our local legion and had a like the biggest, we were at capacity, I think at one point at the legion with all of our like high school friends and friends that we- Wait, that's so fun. Yeah, though. it was the, it was- we, if we always talk about like if we could go back and relive a day, that would be the day. It was like my favorite That's people, so nice. his favorite people, and we just had a blast. Um, and then I always joked with him that like we'll f we'll be in a better place financially eventually, and then mm. we can get a ring. Like if that doesn't once you're with It'll somebody, come. It, once yeah. you're with somebody for so long, um, and then when everything blew up on um, like the platform, Charm Diamond, who has been 
so good to us in general, like since that, um, actually reached out to Scott and like he is the worst secret keeper and I'm the worst person to keep secrets from. So I don't like being surprised. I like to know, like I'm the type of person that will open all of my Christmas presents underneath, so like you know. in from my pants closet, <laughs> know what they are, they are, and then re-react to them the next day. I'm like, dead. that's just who I am. <laughs> so we, we were going to film a podcast for Charm Diamond they have a podcast about love stories called the Canadian love map. And it's mm. basically these untraditional love stories all across Canada. And it's like the most beautiful thing. I thought we were just going to on to talk about us. Little did I know they had been scheming behind my back. He had picked out an engagement ring and had been like with my little sister and my mother to like pick out the rings and stuff. And they slipped it to him during the podcast interview. And at the end of the podcast, um, Nancy asked us if there was anything we regret in life and like mm. regret so far in our relationship. And I was like, no, there's nothing I regret. And he was like, um, and I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> You're like, what, I was the like what do you mean? Um, <laughs> and he was like, I regret not proposing. And then he got down and gave me the ring and I had like, we had no idea and bless his whole heart. I know it's, tv like i'm being filmed so he goes to put the ring on my finger and it's not the right size Stop. but it's the size of when he should have proposed to me <laughs> of what my finger was when he should have asked the question Dead. so i know i'm being filmed and i just shove it on my finger i like get it on because it's on camera I'm i know that, that it's gonna, yeah i just shoved it shoved it on for the sake of the film anyway so like they're like recording and afterwards and then the lady was like can we need to take it off i was like someone's gonna have to help me with like so we had to like get uh, Windex, little Stop. secret. I didn't I'm know that dead. that's a thing. And to take it off my finger, it's like to get resized and stuff. Uh, but I yeah. thought you were going to be like they had to cut it off. No, no, <laughs> Can my you gosh. Imagine? Yeah, um, yeah. So they they gifted us that, which was just like an incredible experience, and that blew up. Um, but that was after that was like a year after, almost on the anniversary of when my first video blew up on TikTok. Wow. So it like happened. It's it's been only been four years, three years, three and a half years. That's so incredible. Yeah. Um, one second. I'm going to pause this. Can we get the cord, the USB? Because I feel like this is going to die. All of a sudden I looked and I was like, if this battery dies on me. Guys, I'm also not crying. I don't know why my eye is just tearing. Um, I keep I going had like an, this. I had an itch in my throat last week oh. through all my podcast recordings that I did. Thanks. And I was shadowing Sarah doing a podcast and this the girl that was there interviewing was talking about something emotional, but... I needed to cough. I didn't want to interrupt things, so I was holding in the cough, and just it looked like I had been sobbing. That is so. No, I don't. Lately, I think it's my makeup, which is so weird because I've worn this concealer for literally ever, and lately, every time I wear it, I'm like blinking like this, and my it starts stinging my eyes, and I'm like, I don't know why that's like a thing that's been happening. Okay. But I just feel my could I, just be allergies in your eyes. Don't get me wrong, water. you're telling a beautiful story, but I'm yeah, like I'm, I'm not crying. I'm not, I'm not sobbing. I swear. Okay, this is perfect. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't wanna. No, that's okay. I'm like, if this dies, I will not be happy. Okay, cool. Um, all right. I'm like, let me jump back in. Um, yeah, I felt that your story was like so powerful for so many reasons, and it's also like very interesting the way you guys like blew up on tiktok what did you like choose like were you like i'm just gonna post on tiktok no one's gonna see this like let's just do a thing or were you trying to like gain a following how did that happen i mean i don't think i was trying to gain a following originally but i knew what i was doing when i posted the video that went viral mm -hmm. if that makes sense like mm -hmm. i i had only posted two other transition videos on there that had like 124 views and like 72 views or something and then this was when the sound my husband's 10 times hotter or my boyfriend's 10 times hotter than me check mm. and then as music would come in it would be pictures of the boyfriends mm. with the girlfriend in the front and I was watching all of these videos of these like traditionally beautiful couples just being torn apart in the comment sections, people being like, no, she's too short or no he's too tall it just these it was awful and I was like okay well if you want to see a couple that by beauty standards doesn't make sense. I'll show you one. So I knew what I was doing when I was posting the video. I've lived in my plus size body since I was 21 years old. Mm. He's been physically fit since he was like 17 <laughs> years old, 18 years old. Um, and we, I posted it and it was me in the front being my chubby self with him 
in the background completely exploited him like pictures of him shirtless on the beach and like flexing his biceps and it like immediately i sent it to him and i was like this is gonna go viral and he was like no it's not and i was like i think it is like i think it'll go on the bad side but it'll go people yeah. will be like what you just w-? know you had that feeling I when knew. you're like this is gonna hit yeah so <laughs> it it hit and my sister was texting me one night she was like oh my god a hundred thousand views oh my god 500,000 views. Oh, I got 900,000 views. And I think it ended up getting to like 1.2 million views. And then a couple days later, we woke up and like, it was like we had 56,000 followers just sitting there like waiting for us to do something. And I have, have always been the type of person that's just like wants to make things happen. And at that point in my life, I had just lost my job. Well, not just, but I had lost my job. Um, and I was like 30 unemployed. I was like, this is an opportunity for me to try to make something out of it. Like I'll kick myself in the butt. I always jokingly would say when we would go for drives or something like I'm I'm meant to be famous. Like as like a joke, like I'm meant to be in front of people. I'm meant to be having cool conversations. I'm meant to be helping people do things with their lives. Like I had no idea what that would look like, but I always would joke about that. Mm. And so when the video went viral, I was like, well, I have to try. If I don't try Mm -hmm. to build a following with this, like people work really hard to get 56 thousand followers and here i am one video and i have that yeah and we what was spent one morning just kind of deciding like i knew that i needed to have like a direction with what i wanted to do but i didn't want to like put myself into like a stronghold of just being one thing we just kind of picked the things that aligned well with who we were and made those our pillars for content and then i just have used those to kind of decide what we do since that day Mm. and it has worked very well which i'm very grateful for that's amazing and i think for me and tell me how you feel about this but when I first, actually my first chunk of followers on TikTok was a video that I made about mid-sized fashion, mm-hmm. probably like 20 pounds ago, you know, like, yep. I, like we, it was, this was years ago and I, um, I got like 250,000 followers from that one video and then I'm like, oh, I guess I have to be a fashion account now, yeah. but I wasn't happy with my size, like the the thing with me was like I always grew up in a smaller body so I was like I don't want my body to be my brand yeah because then I'm stuck talking about it and like even now I'm like if I want to work out if I want to do this if I want to do that I don't want my body to be like the thing about me that is a topic of conversation yeah do you feel like were you ready to even like address those things or like be that spokesperson? I was ready then. I knew it would be a conversation, but we've been together for so long. It's always been a topic of conversation. We've always looked mismatched. So when we posted that video, I knew what was coming with that. I think we did a pretty good job of opening our pillars to encompass a lot of other things. My body is a topic of conversation and I'm ready to have it because I've worked very hard to get to where I am with my relationship with my body. Mm -hmm. And I know that there are a lot of people struggling and I think I was ready to have the conversation but also you know i i have this quote where i talk your body like your body is the least interesting thing about you but my body is the thing that interests people the most Mm. so it's one of those things where it's an it's a very nuanced conversation because when i post videos that go viral my videos are going viral because of our bodies they're not going viral because of but if i need to use that as a bridge to get myself in front of you, to get the representation that matters and to have the conversations that are important, then you're darn right I'm going to use my body to do that because whether or not that's going to be the first thing that you address. So I might as well use that to my advantage. Mm. So we we always we get those questions all the time. It's like, oh, you say your body's the least interesting about you, about you, but you talk an awful lot about it. I'm like, because people are talking about it anyways. I might as well be the person that's in control of that conversation. Absolutely. And I get to be the person that decides what we're saying about our bodies and how we talk about them. Because mm. although it might be the least interesting thing about me, the world is run on beauty standards. Whether people want to admit it or not, it might be the least interesting thing about me, but it's what gets people to look at me or have conversations with me it's the difference between me at the front of the line and the back of the line it's the difference in being on a list and not on a list so whether or not 
that's the truth, at least with these types of conversations, I can open up and be like, do you know how silly this is? And that's where we've kind of gotten lucky. We've had a few videos go viral since um, where I got to like speak on the beauty standards and say like, you're looking at us and you're immediately valuing my husband over me, like mm-hmm. because I'm a fat woman and he is a physically fat man. But that's, you know, whether you're living within the beauty standards or not within the beauty standards, you're setting yourself to a disadvantage when you lead with your body first, regardless. Mm -hmm. If you're letting your body hold you back, it's the exact same thing as you allowing your body to be the only thing that people perceive or give you value for. And I I gave a scenario about a woman who kind of slid into his DMs and was like, you should be with somebody who looks like me. And it's like, well, we're doing the same thing. If I think he, I don't deserve him because of how I look and you think you do deserve him because of how you look, we're doing the exact same thing. Mm. Like it's, we're just, I'm undervaluing myself and you're overvaluing yourself. And there's more like we're both losing in this scenario because I'm a really good person and that's why I deserve my husband. And I'm sure you're a really good person who deserves somebody who's going to support you and love you for more than what your body is. And like, those are the same conversations, just opposite ends of the spectrum. Wow. That's really powerful. And it's the truth. And I think I living in a fat body, I get lumped into the body positivity category all of the yeah. time. And I'm not a body positivity activist. A body positivity activist is was created for and by fat black queer women. And it was about rights. And it's now gone to include marginalized bodies and things. And whether or not I'm in that space or you choose to let me in the space, I'm still a white woman living in a fat body. Mm. So I, I immediately have um, more privilege in those situations. And I don't want to be the person taking up space when it comes to body positivity. I'm not actively fighting for the rights and inclusivity of fat sizing and doing those things. Am I an ally to the movements? Yes. Do I think my voice and sharing certain things is powerful, but I don't want to be the person having those conversations all the time because I'm not the person that's doing the work. So I think when I got lumped in originally when everything blew up on being a body positivity person, I was allowing my content and my followers to like focus on just the fatness part when I separated things and talked about self-love that's when I realized like this is an all-encompassing global thing no matter Mm. who you are no matter what your gender identity no matter what your size we all are trying to strive to fit into this like tiny little box of what society thinks we should and shouldn't look like and we're all suffering whether you're in it or whether you're outside of it and that's allowed me to like have more empathy for others in the situation because I think it's easy to be like oh for me specifically as a fat person that I lose out on opportunities or I don't have certain things but there's the opposite end of the spectrum too there's there are people who are living within the beauty standards who are only getting certain opportunities who are being told that they only have the things that they have because of the way that they look who have worked hard to get where they're at and again same concept we're just fighting the same we're just fighting the same battle, but opposite ends. Yeah. So it's been, a, it has allowed me to kind of be more empathetic and to broaden the spectrum of my content to be like a self as self love and trying to choose to love who you are now and where you want to go with yourself and your body. That's everybody. That's him. That's me. That's my little sister who by beauty standards has been a 10 out of 10 her entire life. She struggles more than I do in certain situations. Mm. And like realizing that has kind of allowed me to be a little bit more broad on what I share. But yeah, I was prepared for the body conversation and it's kind of grown a little bit, but it's been, uh, it doesn't make it easy when you're having those conversations all of the time. 100%. And I think something you said is so important where you were like, Everyone has the same struggles, but maybe they're fighting it from like opposing point of views because it's so weird you say that because literally just yesterday I was saying to my sister, I was like, I don't get why people don't validate Emily Ratajkowski. You know, the Emily Emrata, the model. Yeah. Basically, she came out, she wrote a book and she was like, people have always treated me differently because I'm like thin and pretty and it's it's harmed me and people are like oh shut up you're thin and pretty you're not allowed to have problems and I said to my sister I'm like I feel for her because that's her truth like that doesn't mean that she hasn't struggled or she hasn't been discriminated against in the workplace people could just hire her because they're like oh she's a hot piece of ass they don't value her as a person or look at her brain or whatever it is and like I was using that exact example I'm like she still is going through just because she's thin and beautiful we have this way as human beings to 
one up like the no but what I'm experiencing is worse no but what I'm experiencing is worse or no this person has it bad like we find we fight each other rather than the systems that are the ones that are suppressing us in the first place and like that's the issue the issue isn't is Emily treated better than me as a fat person it's that we've all been told by society that this we have to look feel and be a certain way and again that's the system that's not on any of us in particularly and what she experiences I can't relate to because I am fat but that doesn't mean I can't be empathetic to the fact that those things are valid and they happen on a regular basis but it is the system in which it's been built on Mm -hmm. which is what is holding everybody back and putting everybody in these shitty positions to only be viewed as and by their body and the way they look and fit into a mold. Um, I had an experience when I was originally back in my like diet culture days and I was trying to lose weight. And at the, for the very first time I bought myself like a Lululemon tank top and I was pretty heavy into like awful habits. Mm-hmm. However, this experience was, I wore the tank top for the first time to a gym that I was going to. And I walked past these girls on the treadmill and my headphones were in but my music was not on and one of the girls said if my arms look like that I wouldn't wear tank tops and I worked for the company at the time so I couldn't be anything but kind in the moment and I like thought about it and I just turned and I was like what did you say and she was like what and I was like what did you just say and she was like uh and her friend was like um and I was like we're not so different like, first of all, like this is the first time I've ever been able to wear a tank top to, to the gym. And if, you know, a year ago you would have said something like that to me, I might not have ever stepped back into the space. Mm. And I was like, but you're working out to stay in those really cute pink spandex shorts that you're wearing. And I'm working out to get into those pink yep. spandex one day. Like in, in my brain, I was like, we're both striving and being pressured by the exact same thing. Like we're not so different. Like the reasons that we're here are the exact same. Mm. And it was just like an eye-opening co- for me to realize that like, doesn't it doesn't really matter. And like, we're both being taught the same things about our bodies. But the difference is she's been lucky enough and I'm making assumptions to live in a smaller body for the majority of her life she hasn't had to unlearn like what it is to be in a fat body and I've been taught horrible things about living in a fat body so when I deal with people coming at me in those situations I almost it has to come from a level of empathy Mm. we've all been taught the same thing the difference is I'm motivated to unlearn it because this is my body and this is what I live in every single day whereas when someone comes at you from a standpoint of not understanding, it's because they've been taught all of those same things about living in a fat body and, and, you know, not deserving happiness or not deserving to like feel good or wear bathing suits or be in mm-hmm. take up space in rooms that people think you shouldn't be taking up space in. Totally. And it's also sometimes in my head, it's like when you look at people that struggle with eating disorders, it's kind of like, okay, well, this person's hands that they were dealt was an eating disorder that restricts them, therefore they're thinner. And this person's hand was an eating disorder that makes them binge and makes them maybe in, like live in a bigger body. And it's like, everyone's dealt the same hand. Yeah. Just so happens yours is this way and that's um, visually accepted and yours is this way and that isn't visually and accepted. And instead of fighting the system, we fight each other. Like instead of fighting the system, we're talking about which eating disorder is worse or you, you know, which person has experienced different things and it's, again, eating disorders don't just come out of nowhere. Yeah. They stem from something, whether that's trauma or an experience or things that you've been taught and majority of the time they come from a place of vanity looking to be a certain size or maintain a certain size like for me specifically like mine came from binging mine was binge eating and that came from a place of withholding myself food for so long or not do like not allowing myself food and then Restricting. I, you know I was binging because I could have those things yep. and then there's other people who are athletes who are taught to count calories and be and your body has to look a certain way but at some point you're not going to be competitive athlete and you have to learn how to navigate the world in a different space so again it's not 
it's never us. It's the systems in which we're being taught and like the things we're seeing and living through. And yeah, it's not us. Like we're, we're just doing our damn best (laughs) and like trying to unlearn things. And we've just been taught things that we never really signed up to learn in the first place. It's so, it's so, so true. And yeah, I think it's tough because people, people want to look at things as like a quick fix or, you know, I feel like there's all this stuff going on in the media. And I made a statement actually last week. I was like, why do I feel because I used to be a publicist. So like, obviously, I look at the media. And I'm like, I feel like the media lately has gone backwards. And I'm curious if you've noticed that because I feel like in the beginning of the pandemic, relatability blew up on Mm -hmm. TikTok, we were all home. It was so refreshing to me because I came from Instagram. So I came up with all these privileged rich people that didn't pay their rent and like whatever yes more power to them yep i would only be so lucky if my parents paid my rent yeah. uh, genuinely and like but i grew up with like i came up in the industry with people who just like had designer bags out of the womb yeah and then i'm on tiktok and like all my friends from tiktok are just everyday people making millions of dollars from literally like just being yeah. themselves and it was this amazing refreshing thing and like so many amazing cool people got followers that maybe wouldn't have in the age of Instagram. But I feel like lately I'm like, where did that go? Why is why are women's bodies a trend again? Why are we commenting on celebrities weights? We're talking about Mindy Kaling. Like all she is about is what she looks like on a red carpet. Mm -hmm. I feel like Ozempic's like the hot topic, which again, fine. Why is it a trend? Like why are all of these things becoming a trend again? Have you noticed the change? I think we've moved into a space where people are visible again and out doing things. And it's just something to talk Mm. about. It's one of those, we went so long without it. Like being contained to our houses. (laughs) Yeah. We went so long without it that people were like looking for it. And I, I do understand that this part of like our culture is entertainment for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, However, I think for a long time, we didn't realize that there were human beings behind the entertainment. And I think that although we might be getting back to those same habits, I think this time around people are realizing that there are human beings on the other side of the entertainment that we're walking and more people are having the conversation of just like, why are we talking about that? Um, Maybe not on a main scale because the media controls everything and it's very hard to even kind of break that. But I know at home and with my friends and family, those conversations aren't the same that they were. It's like, well, why are we talking about that? Like, why is that a big deal? Because it's not. We literally just lived through a global pandemic. Why are we talking about what somebody looks like? Why is the weight even a conversation of like, of that? So I feel like on a micro level, in terms of like relationships and the conversations that I'm having, I'm finding people be not as into it. Whereas it's a little bit harder to kind of infiltrate Mm, those. The media. yeah, Yeah. Those types of spaces. It's interesting for me because I feel like I've grown so much as a person um, because like, let's be honest, when you're younger, you're just, these things are pounded into you, these standards that you don't even realize you look at someone and you're like, oh, they're this, they're that. You just, you can't help it. Yeah. I feel like I truly could say for years now, but I'm in such a place of like full acceptance of everybody, anybody. I don't care what you are, who you are, where you are, what you look like. Like I genuinely feel so much acceptance that sometimes I find like in conversations with other people, it's triggering when I hear them like, even like you're watching a reality TV show and people's comments are still like, whatever that fat bitch or like, and I'm like, I'm like, I would never say that. Like I sometimes can't believe that people around me, like again, my immediate circle isn't this way, but sometimes it takes me aback because I'm like, you really think like that? Like you really like that is so ingrained in you that you don't even realize how toxic that is. There are really people that are like that all the, the time, which is like genuinely unfortunate. And again, it comes back to like the humanity and things. And I think certain people, people think that they can say and do things because, and I know I experience it now. Like I've hit a level where I'm no longer human to some people. Like I am a, I don't know if they think I'm just a figment of their imagination or Mm. if that my platform means that I'm not human anymore and that I don't have feelings, but I still like, I experience that on a regular basis. People who will say and do things or, you know, just like, 
horrible stuff that you're just like, I'm a human being. I think the acceptance though that you talked about, like I felt once I truly accepted myself, once I hit a really good point with myself and my body and who I was, it was it was eye-opening to me how many people where that insecurity comes from for a lot of people like it's so much easier to judge other people than to actually sit and have a conversation with yourself and about yourself and when I hit the point where I was feeling good about who I was I was able to really analyze and see those types of conversations when you're dealing with people who are saying those things about others like that's an internal thing Mm because when you're good with Mm -hmm. you you're not worried about other Mm -hmm. people like the things that other people do don't bother you as much they don't make you feel as uncomfortable you're not worried about what someone has that you don't have we have an innate human like feelings and emotions like you're allowed to get together with your best friend and watch reality tv and be like oh my god she's kind of bitchy tonight or like you know you're having those things but again reality tv is not reality for the most part and those are human beings who are going to go live their lives after they leave the show and like those you're talking about another human being and i think that that line kind of gets drawn at some point and i don't really know where it got drawn for me and i know it's been drawn for other people and it's just at some point people forget that you're a human being you're talking about another human being that Mm. like has feelings and a life and but yeah when you're good with you you're not really worried about what other mm. people are doing and I have to try to remind myself of that in certain situations or when people project or say things it's like okay that's an internal thing that you got to work on not me totally yeah. I think one thing you just said that struck me I feel like I've been in therapy for years and I've been on this quest to find the answer like sometimes my therapist is like you're such a doer that like you can't just fix it all like I'm such a fixer and in my head I'm like I need to fix my relationship with my body I need to fix how I see myself and like I'm a confident person but like of course I'm not 100% at peace with my body Mm -hmm. like I'm just not and sometimes I wish someone could hand over a secret recipe. Like, I wish you could say to me, this is what I did. And if you do these three things, you'll be at peace with your body. Yeah. I know it doesn't work like no. that. Trust me, I've been trying. Yeah. But I want to know, like, what eventually clicked and worked for you that you were able to fully, like, accept yourself? Um, I do think it's really important to acknowledge that this is a lifelong journey. Like, yeah. genuinely, you're going to work on loving yourself and accepting yourself until you die and that's very tragic to think about but it (laughs) it is and I think I always had this idea that self-love was this like marathon race and I would get I would cross this finish line I would live blissfully (laughs) in this town of self-love and nobody would ever bother me again and I wouldn't but I think that in order for something to have an ending the, we have to be able to control the environment that it's in. So if you're running a race, the environment's been controlled. You're going to get to the finish line. You know where you're going. We can't control our environment for the rest of our life. We don't get to control what happens to us, you know, who dies, what jobs we have, the, the what p- global pandemic is mm-hmm. going to hit. Like we can't control in any of those things. So to think that we can get to a point that's just going to stay consistent forever that is directly impacted by an environment that we can't control is just unre- uh, genuinely unreasonable. But we can do a better job of making sure that how we treat ourselves within that environment is kinder and more respectful and more empathetic than we typically have Mm -hmm. so like for me I've done like there's a few things that I think have kind of really helped with me getting to this point um when I have bad days which everybody has bad days as you said um I try really hard to find my why to a bad day because I think think about the person that you're the closest with or for me that's my husband when I'm having a bad day the easiest person for me to take that out on is him and that's because tomorrow because we're married because tomorrow you have to get up and love me you Mm -hmm. don't have a choice we've been together for this long and awful way of thinking but it's the truth our bodies are the same way it's easy to to take a bad day out on our body because tomorrow our two feet are going to hit the ground and our body's going to have to carry us wherever we're going it can't get away from us so i started kind of breaking down like why do i feel this way about my body because my body Mm. can't really do anything that i don't make I don't unless yeah. you're struggling with like illness or injury, et cetera. Yeah. You can't, there's 
your my body's not doing anything that I'm not telling it to or being with it. So if I didn't eat enough the day before, I do a good job of making sure that I eat the following day. And I take the pressure off of my body and I put it back on me as being responsible for it. So if I had a really shitty conversation or interaction with my husband the day before or we got in a fight that we just didn't get settled, I work really hard the next day to make sure that we get it settled. If mm. I didn't drink enough water, if I didn't sleep at night, rarely is it ever my body that's at fault in those situations. And that's kind of allowed me to like really analyze when I say bad body days, is it a bad body day or did I have a bad eating day the day before? Did I have a bad mood day the day before? Mm -hmm. Did I not treat myself with respect the day before? And it just kind of takes the pressure off of my body and puts it back on to me to be in control. So that helps me control what I can control. Um, And then separating who I am from my body I think has been really important my body is always going to exist my capsule is always going to be there but the reason why people want me in photos the reason why people want me to go out with them the reason why my husband loves me the reason why my friends um trust me with things has nothing to do with whether or not I'm in a fat body a thin body or if my body has stretch marks it's because I'm a good friend it's because I work hard to Mm -hmm. have great communication it's because I'm funny it's because I add to certain situations so I did a little love me journal I bought it from the dollar store and every day I would write something in it about myself that had nothing to do with my body so it could have been a tough day at work but I had a really good conversation with an employee that I knew I had like made their day it's like you handled your conversation with your employee really well love me or you got up this morning and had breakfast love me and like I was filled with all of these things that could be broken down to the fact that I'm a good listener that I am a great planner that I try really hard and I just had this like little book of all of these really cool things about me that regardless of what body I'm in those things are always Mm -hmm. going to stay the same and that has allowed me to find the stability in the chaos which is the environment so when my body changes and those don't think things don't change okay, those are the things that are valuable. Like this is what I bring to the table. And then it has also allowed me to kind of evaluate how others interact with me. If you can't see past my fat body to get to all of these really, like if you can't even open the book to read the 500 things that are great about me, you're not somebody I'm interested in in the first place. And like, I think that that has allowed me to kind of control who I allow into my space mm-hmm. and kind of set some boundaries and make sure that I'm only allowing myself to be respected and, and treated properly, but also has allowed me to like, when I'm having a tough day, like let's open the book. Like mm-hmm. well, I'm, let's stop having the conversation about the front and the back. Like that's open it and get to like why the book was written in the first place and like what you're bringing to the spaces. So those are kind of the two things is just taking the power away from my body and putting it back on myself but then also understanding that I'm much more than just the front like page of my book and like and and leading with that always you are I think one of the most like remarkable people I've ever (laughs) met I'm not even kidding like I really think the way your mind works you're not only like super intellectual but you have a way with words like you you. really do it's a gift thank you I think it's so incredible. It's really cool to actually finally get in front of people to actually get to like speak and, and do certain things. And obviously this is something that I'm super passionate about. When I say that I think about this all the time, I genuinely mean I think about it all the time and I'm passionate about education from a fun standpoint. And that's why humor has always been a part of our platform is because this work is hard. Like when you're yeah. trying to like navigate your relationship with your body and the things that you're doing, like there's no there's no way to do this all of the time. You're either crying or you're laughing and I prefer <laughs> to be that space that kind of gives you that break to like yeah. laugh a little bit. But I also think people need to understand and it needs to be broken down to simple layman's terms for people. And that's why I love metaphors. That's why I love breaking things down to like actually give people visuals because I genuinely think sometimes people forget that like you, you're given books to read Mm-hmm. but then you're going to make a decision solely off of the front of the book, but you're not going to at least give it a chance yeah. with the synopsis or like, and like just any of the information about it. So I, I love that conversation because I think it's, so, it makes it seem so silly that we're not opening the book. Like mm-hmm. how are you going to just judge your own set? Like you already know what's in it, but you're not going to open it and have a conversation about what's inside of it. Like how silly does that sound? Like you're so missing true. out on so many cool things about so many cool people and about yourself it doesn't matter if the book's blue on the outside or red on the outside or 
it, it, it still has it inside. That's like remarkable and that's so important. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, those are, it's, yeah, it's been very cool to like navigate that. And you do have a way of explaining things in a way that's easily tangible. And I also feel like you're saying things like my therapist has said and like other people that I've <laughs> heard it's actually, that I respect. Well, so I'm I, like, I nice. actually <laughs> find it so funny because I have therapists in my DMs all the time being like, oh, I use this video with my <laughs> clients or I'll have people be like, oh my God, my therapist gave me like one girl showed me these little cards that she has at her her therapist has in her <laughs> office with like five usernames of people that th- they to should follow, be following yeah. online. Um, and like, that is just oh, like outrageous to me. And I made a joke the other day when we were driving. I was like, maybe I should become a therapist. Yeah, like, it's like, do you maybe go I back should, to school? <laughs> maybe I should do. And I think for me, I also like fixing things. I think that that's like, so letting go of the fact that this is not a fixable thing. Like yeah. it's not an, it's not a one, you, there's no bandaid on it that makes it go away mm-hmm. and heal. Like you're genuinely going to be working on it forever but like understanding that it also makes it easier it kind of removes the pressure of like Mm. you know you think you have a deadline there's no deadline Mm. the deadline is you're dead and like when you realize that like same thing with like choosing movement that you love and when you're finding things like we're so used to having deadlines i need to lose this amount of weight i need to set this goal for myself it's like no you just need to move your fucking body because you can and it'll make you feel good Mm -hmm. and you're gonna find something that you love but we're so used to having these like simple like Mm -hmm. goal oriented and goals are great but your goal should always be to make yourself happy and to find the things that you love and when you find the things that you love they last forever you get to do that forever and that should always be the goal but often we're not taught like we're not taught that side of things we're taught how to lose weight how to again how to fit in that box the system is built to just figure out ways to fit in this box and stay in it and it's just like fuck the system (laughs) yeah i'm living a very happy life outside of that box yeah i'm trying to like lure people out of it and like so that we can just eventually the box will just be an empty box and people will be like, why were we ever so worried about that in the first place? Well, I truly believe you're making a difference. Thank you. Where could everyone follow you? Stay up to date. Um, I'm an Instagram and TikTok at Alicia McCarvel. Um, We have a YouTube channel that's not very active right now, but we (laughs) would like to get back to it um, at the McCarvels. Um, But yeah, Instagram and TikTok, those are my two main places to be. Main thing. Not anywhere else, am I? (laughs) No, okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. All right, guys, let's spill the tea. I hope you enjoyed that episode and that interview. I want to chat to pop culture because a lot is happening. I'm done. I'm not talking about Vanderpump Rules. You get what's going on. We'll talk about it when the reunion comes out because as of right now, it's just like little updates and nothing that that much. I have VPR fatigue, so we're not talking about that. What I do want to talk about here today is Summer House. And what I do not understand is why Lindsay is getting so like berated the way that she is and let's be honest I haven't always been like the hugest Lindsay Hubbard fan in the sense of like I don't always think Lindsay's on the right side of history but in this situation I am confused what exactly is going on so basically let me paint a picture we have Lindsay not drinking as much because her boyfriend's sober she's not wanting to party as much they're lovey-dovey they're spending a lot of time together they're super affectionate what's the problem like really so okay so they hang out oh my god how dare them they're dating Oh, they say I love you. Ooh, cringe. She doesn't drink. Wow, what a shame. Like, what's the problem? Really, I don't get it. I feel like I'm missing something. It's giving a lot of projection from other people that maybe aren't in happy relationships that don't, like they're bursting her love bubble, as Teresa would say. I'm just not getting what they're not getting. Like, Again, you could disagree with Lindsay in other scenarios, but in this scenario that we're seeing play out on our screens right now, I don't understand what the problem is because I'm seeing a committed girlfriend who is trying to support her boyfriend through sobriety. And yes, maybe she would want to go drink, but this is the thing. The fact of the matter is when you're in a relationship and you're in love, your priorities change. Her saying, I don't have a need to be a Montauk without Carl, I get when you're in a relationship, like you used to go out as a single person on the prowl to meet guys. If that was your main initiative for going out before and for getting drunk or whatever, 
it's no longer your prerogative. So you probably want to go to bed early next to the person you love, wake up, go to the gym. I'm just not understanding what people aren't getting. And just because like, you know, Paige has a long distance relationship. Amanda's relationship is the only one that's in the house, but Danielle doesn't get to see her boyfriend often. Maya's boyfriend's not always there. It's like, just because they're not attached at the hip with their boyfriends, doesn't mean it's it's not okay for Lindsay to be. I, I don't think she's doing anything wrong. She's at a place in her life where she's ready to settle down. And most couples, when they settle down, spend a lot of time together. And I just don't get the pressure that they're putting on her. I think they don't like her for other reasons. And they're using this Carl relationship as like a scapegoat for how they really feel about her. But it cannot be about that. You should be happy that she's honoring her boyfriend by staying in and not drinking and throwing it in his face when he clearly has a problem with it. I just never thought I would say this, but team Lindsay Hubbard, honestly, you all need to relax. Um, on to Love is Blind. I am caught up. I watched all five episodes in one day. So if you're caught up, listen to this. If not, fast forward. Um, I think that there's so many good things about this season. There's drama, there's love triangles, there's love stories, there's gorgeous couples, there's fake couples, there's this, there's that. The one thing that I think is glaring right now is Micah and Arena's behavior. More so Arena, I'm going to say. Micah, I mean, for sure, but in terms of bullying, I would say more so Arena. Micah more so just like being a player and I don't know. I felt like in the pods, she was like the, the player of the pods. She was like wanting guys to be exclusive with her, but then she didn't want to cut off things. And I don't know. It was giving player. Arena, on the other hand, is just giving, this might be a hot take. It's giving deeply unhappy. I, I don't know. I think it's projection at its finest. We are witnessing an unhappy, insecure person project onto other people and that's exactly what we're seeing happen and I think there's even moments where she has humility where she says I'm insecure like when she's in bed with Zach and she said you know how she feels about wearing makeup or this or that or she's laying with him and she's like you know sometimes like I don't feel super secure so I project and it comes across this way and I seem standoffish but maybe I'm just not secure with how I'm looking or how I'm presenting instead of looking at her and being like this is a miserable awful mean person I'm looking at her and being like this is a hurt person and I have empathy for her because hurt people hurt people and to me she seems deeply unhappy with herself and that's sad to me and I hope that she could find peace um, because she's 100% taking it out on everyone around her it makes for good tv um but the fact that everyone on the show is like, she's a bad person is just crazy because they're really, you know, saying some damning things about her character and she has a lot of self-growth to do. She really, really does. In terms of Mika, um, I expected her and Karami to come out of the pods and be obsessed with each other. Let's be real. Chelsea's a little cuckoo, but like she's a down ass bitch. I like her. I'm into her. I hope these couples make it work. I think the best couple is the amazing woman that fell asleep and her boyfriend or husband or fiance, whatever they are. I hope that they go the distance. Um, yeah, it's all good. Okay, guys, that's it for today. Um, I'm going to be honest. If I don't eat, I'm going to faint. But I love you guys so much. Thank you so much for tuning in. I will talk to you next week. <laughs>